Welcome along to Paco Radio. My name is Josh Parrish. I've got the club president, Lou Toner, and the new senior head coach, Shane Rexepi, in the studio. It's a post-season edition looking ahead to 2024. Gentlemen, welcome to the FNR studio once again. Yeah, thanks for having us here, Josh. No, it's an absolute pleasure, guys. Um, reflections on last year, some of the learnings that came out of that. Yeah, well, I learned my hair's gotten a lot greyer, um, <laughs> so that's that's probably where it started. But you know, they say football is a is a is a cruel game sometimes, and you know, we we definitely um, felt the brunt of that last year. Um, it's fine. Everyone was there, was trying to give the commitment. Um, the planning was there. Every decision that was made, or every every ball that was kicked, we'd like to believe that it was done in the best interest of of trying to keep the club where it duly deserves mm. to be. We believe we, you know, we still believe that we are an NPL one club. We believe we do operate, you know, off the park as an NPL one club, and that's where we want to get back to. And it's a bit of a journey we're starting now with with uh, Rexy Shane Shane here and. Um, we're pretty excited. There's a lot of exciting things happening. We've got to draw the line in the sand with the, the year that's just been. And um, we're really excited about what the future holds, you know. And and I mean that sincerely because, you know, there's been a lot of change at the club. Um, we're starting to make a, a few new changes. We've got a brand new coaching staff um, with Shane. Um, we're connected through a mutual, you know, uh, our, our first interview you know we, we we grew together in the in the interview process and we went through a pretty grueling process and and we landed with with Shane so we're pretty excited about that a young enthusiastic coach got a pretty good reputation in Victorian football he's going to bring his young he's going to bring his coaching staff on board so we we believe we've set that up quite well you know now we're just going to get the players we get the, we'll start building a, a team a fresh fresh new team you know um, hopefully we can keep some of our other players, we'll, we'll be looking at talking to our current players and all that. So we've got some really exciting things. We've also just put on a technical director that started with us, mm-hmm. young Igor Serbanovsky. He's uh, he's another um, great addition to the club. He fits the profile of what we wanted with our with our TD. Um, he's young, he's enthusiastic, he's a great communicator. He's got all the badges and and what have you. Um, and he's already hit the ground running, and we're pretty excited about that. We've got a really good coaching lineup in our MPL uh, juniors, uh, which will start getting announced very soon. Um, we've got our mini ruse was at, at the record numbers this year. You know, I think we grew to about 23, 24 teams in our in our boys mini ruse. We had about six, seven girls. Uh, female teams, which that's that's been pretty strong. We've just put on a female subcommittee, so we've given our our, our women's football because we, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't want them to feel neglected. So we've put on mm. a female subcommittee that that will be liaison officers and champions for the women's game at our club. Uh, but the big kahuna above all that is that we finally our master plan is getting delivered, and the bulldozers are there. The grounds have gotten ripped up. The extension to the club room has been has been is getting built. Um, we're going to have two premium pitches at uh, Hoskin Reserve. It's been a 13, 14 year mm-hmm. process. Josh, it's really uh, we had a turf war in the middle of all that. <laughs> uh, we had an, a grant awarded, uh, and it was it was changed, and it was a master plan refresh. So we're really really uh, you know that's something that we realise that, and the club can leave a legacy 
for the game, you know. Oh, obviously, with you know, big thank you to Meribeck City Council, but that's something we've really worked for to leave a legacy for people in the future that they can come to the, to the club and have a facility that they're really, really proud of. You know, it's a, it's a master plan. It's going to be in the vicinity of seven or nine million dollars um, spent at Hoskin Reserve. It was a reserve that needed needed attention. For us, we love it. It's our, mm-hmm. you know, it is our spiritual home. It is our home base. Um, but we're pretty excited, you know, that's coming after, you know, as COVID, we, we feel we got really affected by COVID, COVID. you know, we had teams um, after COVID that were really challenging for titles and the season got stopped a couple of times. Last year, we just finished third. Um, so we, we, you know, we needed something to go our way. We had a turf war in the middle of COVID. We, we renovated the facility with the, with, you know, the, the club, Spent two hundred thousand dollars of its own of its own money to renovate the facility. So we've done a lot of work. Mm. We're just um, looking forward to this new fresh start. And we drew a line in the sand in a lot of a lot of departments at the club. And um, we're pretty excited where the future's where the future's going to go. So, you know, I, I've personally I've, I've got a renewed energy uh, myself. I, this you know this what happened this season has really has really you know football does that has really kicked me up the backside and I'm really looking forward and I'm, I'm, I'm I think I've always been hungry but if they, if, you know don't look at my weight or anything like that but I actually <laughs> am, I am I'm hungrier than, I, than I've ever been so I'm pretty excited working with a brand new coaching staff really freshening the joint up with a new TD with the new female football department with a brand new facility on the horizon um, we've got some really exciting things happening, you know. So that's where our focus has now shifted to, and um, and we're not going to be, you know, we've got a massive appetite to to get Cl- Paco back up to the top. Well, I mean, that's a great overview. I'm keen to delve into each one of those areas mm. in detail over the course of the show. Yeah. But I want to bring Shane into yeah. the convers- conversation. Welcome to to Paco, Thank you mate. Very much, mate. Um, Great to be here. I want to want you to give a little intro on yourself if you can. I mean, I know a lot of people will be familiar with your exploits as a player and some of your your early coaching experience as well. Um, tell us about your your football journey. Yeah, definitely no stranger to Victorian football, I guess. You know, been a part of it for the last twenty years, uh, thirty six now, and you know, uh, started my my VPL career back as an eighteen year old playing at Richmond under Phil Stubbins and. You know, the journey pretty much started from there for me. You know, I fell in love with Victorian football and what, what I had to give. You know, I made a lot of friendships and great friendships and like family now. Um, you know, it's a, it's, look, it's been a great journey as a player. Obviously, finding this transition to, uh, as a coach is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, but, you know, you, you live and you learn, I guess. Um, you know, as a player, um, I've enjoyed every single moment and, um, I've uh, retired, but come out of retirement a few times as well. I just have that each, you know, it's, it's, it never goes away. It's always that part of me. Mm. Um, you know, I started obviously my, my playing career at Richmond and uh, moved towards uh, to Dandenong Thunder, which I had a really good five years there. Um, obviously, you know, won titles and, and whatnot. And um, from there, moved to Hume City as a player um, in 2014. Um, had some really good FFA Cup runs there. Um, made some really good friends, really good connections um, at that club, um, and then pretty much ended my career at North Sunshine. Um, it's a that was the old uh, stomping ground for me, pretty much where I started yeah. my my playing career um, as a as a 13 year old kid. Um, went back then, you know, 
was part of some history getting the club to NPL, um, and they're doing absolutely brilliant right now. Um, then went into coaching. Uh, uh, I, I didn't find the love of playing anymore in COVID. I lost motivation. Um, Nick Hegarty obviously called me to come and be his assistant coach at Hume, uh, which was, you know, a great experience uh, working under Heggs. Um, everyone knows his football brain and yeah. you know, how good he is as, as a person, um, but also uh, in the football um, game. He's been, you know, in, in Melbourne uh, Victorian football for you know, almost 10 years and he's made such a big name for himself and, you know, stats show themselves. Um, on and off the field. Um, 2022 was an interesting year. Started the season as an assistant coach at Hume. Uh, had to get out of retirement again and, and uh, as a 35-year-old to, uh, to play uh, NPL football, top flight football, which I never thought I would do at 35 years old. Um, to be honest, it was probably one of the best years of my career. Um, yeah, push myself, challenge myself. I didn't think I would get there. But I just, yeah, I had the right people around me and the right coaching staff, the club were awesome. Um, ended up being a, a, a up and down year in relegation battle, obviously, mm-hmm. and got the club uh, helped get the club out of relegation. It was like winning a trophy, you know. It's it, it, it's an amazing feeling. Um, had a year off last year, you know. I, I needed that break, which yep. I, I tried to have a year off, but I didn't. Uh, I ended up <laughs> still playing. Um, just uh, with with a few friends in Dandenong South, which was it was really good. Like it's it's hard to stay away from the game, you know. Um, but I knew 2024 was definitely going to be a start of my coaching um, journey. And um, obviously, when Pascal's job came up uh, available, I wanted to, you know, give it everything I had. And um, I'm so glad I went through the interview process and and the, you know the tender process of of being a coach. Um, you know, I, I honestly thought that my first coaching gig would probably be at a at a club that I've played for and you know made a made a name for myself where they know who I am and know what I can do um, and like give me the opportunity. But I've done it the hard way. Um, you know, like obviously I've known Lou, but we've never had a you know um, like a close relationship. Just knowing from playing against Paco. Um, and then, yeah, we had the obviously interview process and uh, it, was a, it was a good few weeks there and um, it made me more hungrier to, to get the job. And obviously once uh, uh, that handshake was uh, offered and uh, I jumped on it straight away and I'm really, really looking forward to 2024 and beyond. Well, um, I'm sure, you know, you'll still be fielding calls for quite some time with clubs trying to drag you out of retirement. Yeah. But you, you're definitely done now. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't know, Lou. Nah, nah. <laughs> keep, keep him as well, a registration. I mean, hey, would hey, love to have signed him as a player, but, you know, on, on the message on the WhatsApp. So, Rexy, forget you're a player, mate. Yeah, look, look uh, I'm looking for a centre-back. If I can't find one, I might have to. Yeah, no, nah, it's all right. You're coaching. But, no, look, look, and it was, it was, it was a process that we went through with Rexy. And, and you know, people ask me, well, where did you pull that one out of, you know? But for me, he's got an infectious, he's got a, you know, affection character, he's infectious. And, and I think, you know, the way... The world is changing with these younger players coming through. It's some a character that you know. He's mm. also from you know. He's grown up in the old. He's talking. He's, in, he's also grown up in the new school. So it's pretty pretty exciting there. And he's and he's, and he's you know and he's, 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 his vision for the football club is is one that definitely aligned with our own. And um, and that's it. And you know we we you know as a club we we're going to try our absolute best um, to push for promotion. Um, and that's what we're going to try and do. We we know that's no success. We've seen it. We you know, but we're, that's that's our ambition. And um, 
And, you know, I just want to assure that, that the PACO members out there and the supporters that, you know, as a club, we're not resting on our laurels and we want to we get the club back up to where we believe it deserves to be. Mm. I, I wanted to dig into something you said before, Rexy, about sort of going the harder route to get the gig and, you know, as opposed to, you know, being a kind of member of the community or someone that is well-known already at a Hume or a North Sunshine or Daniel and Thunder, does that make it a little bit more satisfying to sort of get it almost on merit? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And, like, it just gives me that extra motivation, obviously, to do well because I've had to earn it mm. at the end of the day. So, and I guess I guess that's the, the message I'll, I'll give to my players in the team that, you know, nothing is given to you. Um, everything, you have to work hard for everything. And, and I did that as, as you know, to get the job and, you know, it hasn't even started yet for me. Like, there's so much more hard work that I need to do and am willing to do and I can't wait to do. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely is something that, you know, I will cherish and, um, and obviously, you know, definitely thank Lou and, and the PACO board for the opportunity. Do you have a particular kind of philosophy of football or style of play or principles that you're wanting to bring into this job? Are you, do you have a, a vision in mind or are you going to let the kind of playing group that you assemble dictate the style? Look, I definitely do have my philosophies that I, that I want to bring into the into the side and into my into my team, into my changing room. And that's just sometimes just going back a little bit old school and just good old hard fashion, hard work. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I think we lost that a little bit um, in Victorian football, in football in general, it's, it's gone really tactical and technical, and I love that. But um, I definitely will be doing that. I'm not saying I'm just going to go out and be an old school coach. I love I love that side, but I think I want to have a good balance in you know good old fashioned hard work, training hard, you know doing doing the hard yards in in pre season especially, um, and in the season, but also having that that balance of being a good football team, playing right, and just having a winning mentality and a winning game style. Uh, that's the main thing. Everyone has their game styles of we want to play this and play out of the back. I just want to win. And so we will do the absolute best we can with the players on the park to win every game we play. What about in terms of, you know, going for a more experienced squad, bringing younger players through? I guess where do you land on that kind of mix? Experience is very important. And I learnt that as an experienced player, you know, being in my 30s, the younger players do need experienced players. And um, as a young player, I'll never forget the experienced players that I had in my team and you know, I'll cherish those forever. And as, a, as an experienced player, I definitely helped a lot of young players. Mm. So that's very, very important. You can't just go out there with a young team and you can't go out there with a full experienced team as well because uh, young blood is so important to a team and it builds the, you know, the culture and, and it gives us obviously, you know, five, six, hopefully seven years in players in, in the team. So there will definitely be a balance. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we are obviously, Pasco Vale do have some really good experienced players at the moment. And that's been like Adrian Tellerick has been at the club for a very long time, uh, captain of the club, legend of the club. And, you know, I, I do want to bring a few more of those players into the, into the mix. Uh, but I especially want to see a, a lot of young players grow as well. Um, Pasco Vale's got a really young squad at the moment. You know, their average is probably about 23, 24 years old. Um, so that's amazing. So that's something that we can build on and hopefully build a team that can, you know, stay together for four or five years. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, that aligns with what we wanted when we went through this process. Yeah, we we, we, we definitely don't want a retirement village. Uh, that's not what we're looking for. We, we have got a lot of good young players. You know, we had them at our... And Paco's uh, always had a yeah, strong youth focus. Yeah, and we had, a, we had a, about six of them at our, our, our team dinner last week where, you know... Um, 
that we're bringing on board, that we're going to bring on the journey to, from our under-21s to, to, to try and do a pre-season and try and impress uh, uh, Shane, you know what I mean? And today we're talking to a player, you know, we're trying to sign, was, you know, he's 22 years old. So we, we want that balance. But, you know, it is important. It's, and we agree wholeheartedly with what Shane's saying here. Um, it's, it's important. We, 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 we want to get back up the, the ranks and that's our, that's our appetite. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, like, success these days isn't, you know, uh, doesn't happen in, in a year or a day. So, like, we want to have, uh, obviously build a team that, you know, we can have together on this journey, like Lou says. And obviously the, the end goal for us is to get back into MPL 1, and it's not going to happen overnight. So there's a lot of hard work ahead, but we want to make sure that we build a team that we can carry on from league to league and can still be together. That's the main thing here. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. And today, uh, you know, I was, I was not bringing up Zocchi, but today I was speaking to Zocchi mm-hmm. Markovsky, you know, and he's extremely successful uh, this year at, at Avondale, you know, and it's a club that, that doesn't traditionally have a big name and what have you, but they've been on a journey, you know, and if you have a look at their journey, Stefan Zinni signed with them three, four years ago, four years ago, but Stefan Zinni's now at the peak of his powers, mm-hmm. you know, from 22 years old, whenever he joined at 20 years old, 20-year-old, he's now at the peak of his powers, you know, at uh, 25, 26. And that's that's the balance we're looking for. Mm. Yeah. And you've got players like, you know, Yute Towns who's come up divisions with them. And, um, yeah, exactly right. They've, they've, they've had that team together for a very long time. And it showed on you know, this year, definitely, and that grand final was just something special to watch. You know, as an outsider, it was just, you know, obviously congratulations to Avondale, but just as a neutral watching a game, it was just unbelievable. And you just see that bond that that players have played together for such a long time, and it just flows. Everything just flows. The rhythm was just so unbeatable, you know, and, and that's what we want to build. I'm not here to flip players, 10 players every year or every transfer window. I want to actually build a team and work hard with the team and believe in the team. It's, oh. And that's obviously the most important thing because players want that belief from coaches as well. So if I can push my players and believe in my players and work with my players, I'll get that back. And, you know, that's just a start of success, I think. You mentioned a couple of your role models there. You mentioned Phil Stubbins. Who are some of the coaches and even experienced players that you play with over your career who've kind of influenced your your journey, who yeah. you looked up to? Well, if I start with coaches, obviously Phil Stubbins gave me my first ever um, VPL start. Mm. Um, he plucked me out from the uh, under-21s and he said, you're with me, son. <laughs> and that just... Just those words just gives you that lift, you know, and and just him having the faith in me um, just just got a lot out of me. Obviously, then he went to Adelaide um, United and obviously done really well in his coaching career. Sure, Monroe is probably one of my biggest, sure. um, you know, uh, like role models as a coach. Um, he, he was just always there for me. I spent five years uh, under Stuart as a player and oh, just when, you know, half the battle these days is uh, players playing for a coach. And if a player plays for a coach and believes in that, then um, you, a player could go a long way. Like, mm. it's just, it's it's so funny how that works. And every Shield just knows how to get the best out of players. And um, every single player that has a shirt, that wears a shirt and plays on the Stuart, you know he's giving 100% for Stuart. Um, obviously, Chris Taylor had some really good years with Chris Taylor as well. Um, you know, we won, obviously, the treble at Danny Nong Thunder in 2012. And... Something that hasn't been done for a very long time, and I hope it won't happen for a very long time. <laughs> um, so yeah, CT is obviously you know still still going. Is obviously doing really really well at Oakley as well, and obviously done really well at South Melbourne. Um, and then 
Yeah, look, every coach I have, like even you go to, you know, uh, Benny Sai, who's the North Sunshine coach now. He's, he's a young, eager coach. He's doing really well at North Sunshine. He's taken, you know, that that club to a next level. Nick Hegarty, a young, you know, exciting coach. I think every coach that I have, I actually listen and I actually learn something and I take it in. And because I actually, I've always wanted to be coach. So I, I even from the start, I knew where my journey was going to be when it ended as a player. And I was always going to get into coaching. So I, I soaked as much as I could in from these guys. And now it's just me putting my own spin on it and doing my own thing. And then, yeah, seeing how I go. So, and I guess what's the what's the attraction of the the Paco job to you as your as your first foray as a senior coach? Paco like ticked a lot of my boxes when obviously when the job came up. So obviously when um, you know when 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 me and Lou spoke, um, it was just one of those things that you know. I want it and when I want something I'll try it my absolute best for it and I think in my interviews <laughs> I think in my interviews I didn't let anything go I just gave it everything I could but yeah. they're, they're a club that has that culture that Paco culture I hated playing against Pasco Vale as a player <laughs> I hated it oh, I'm, and I'm not joking going to Hoskin being in that environment just big crowd uh, that's always against you and that playing group they were just so gelled together I just thought mate I hate playing against this club and that's what I love. I love that culture and I love that energy and I love that buzz around the club and Pascovale had it. Obviously, they've lost it over the last couple of years. It is what it is now. Um, but having that challenge of bringing that back to Pascovale was, again, like something that really attracted to me and appealed to me. And um, it's going to be a challenge. And mm. like, I love challenges and this is why I'm doing this. You know, I don't have to coach. I've got a beautiful wife and three beautiful kids at home that I can stay home if I want to. But these kinds of things, like it, 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 it drives me to you know succeed and and do really well. And Paco's definitely, if I had to tick all my boxes as a first time coach and sleeping giant, you know, um, sleeping giant that that are nowhere near where they should be to get them back up to where they should be, I'm all I'm all for it, and I absolutely can't wait for it. And and if I can just add to that, um, if I can just add to that, uh, Josh, that's our reference point. You know that 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 Paco DNA, that that culture that we had, that everyone wanted to be united in that in that fight. You know, whatever it was, you know, um, that's our reference point. Mm. And and Rexy ticked a lot of those boxes. Rexy ticked a lot of those boxes. So that's where we ended up. Well, I think there's a pretty good time to take a short break. Sure. And on the other side, we've got plenty to talk about in terms of the women's side and the infrastructure yeah. upgrades. So uh, we'll take a short break here on Paco Radio and be back very soon. Don't go anywhere. Since 1998, Lanco Group has been providing superior civil engineering solutions and advice to developers, local government and service authorities across Australia. Lanco Group is known for delivering sustainable, efficient solutions. By working closely with clients, Lanco Group is able to meet the complex infrastructure requirements for residential, commercial and industrial developments on time, on budget. Find out more at lancogroup.com.au. Lanco Group, your business partner for engineering solutions. Are you looking to change your destiny in life? Be your own boss? Start your own business? If you are, you need people who understand your needs and are committed to helping you make it happen. At DKP & Co Chartered Accountants, we are more than just accountants. We are business advisors, taxation consultants and strategists that specialised in setting up businesses. We understand the client and give them the very best customised advice and strategies to achieve their goals. Visit our website 
dkpco.com.au or give us a call today on 03 9023 Fast, proactive, personal. That's DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants. Live from the FNR studio, it is Paco Radio. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Lou Toner and Shane Rexepi in the studio with me. Uh, Lou, I want to dig into the master plan that's yes. finally been approved. Yep. Rewind for anyone who hasn't been across well, it. What is this going to enable the club well, to do? Well, I can tell you about grass. I know a lot about grass after <laughs> this master plan and, 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 and um, politics. Politics <laughs> is something I've really learnt from this master plan, but... I really, you know, really appreciative of Mary Beck Council for fully endorsing um, the master plan. What, what's, what's this going to mean for, for the club? Well, I like to think what it means for a, for a 10, 11-year-old mm. at the club, you know. And football's become a very transient type of game in Victorian football, and it shits me up the wall. <laughs> you know, we, you know, Rexy was just talking about that culture. They were together. They didn't want to leave, you know. At the time, I can mention a player, Dave Van Skip, everyone was ringing him every week. It wouldn't go. And that's what we want to create our club. So for, for me, what it is, it's a 10-year-old that now comes there mm. and is going to play on a on a premium pitch that's not always muddy, that's that's got good drainage. He's going to be proud of that venue, him, him or her. And their ambition is going to be to be at that club as a player, as a as a as a as a spectator, or as an administrator. If they're not, that's that doesn't occur for these people for whatever reason. They will be there 10, 15 years later playing senior football somewhere, whether it's state league five, whether it's A league, or whether whatever it is. We want people to fall in love with the game. So when you turn up to Hoskin Reserve, we want it to be a football environment that everybody can come there and fall in love with the game. Mm. And I think that's what the legacy that we would like to leave for the community. Sure. And that's because that, that facility will be there long before, you know, long before I'm, way before I'm gone. So, you know, Josh, it was a facility that 15 years ago when we embarked on this journey, there was a, a soccer club there with two teams. 17 years ago, 18 mm-hmm. years ago, I think it was, uh, with a f- cricket club at the back, seasonal, an AFL club at the back, seasonal, a, a, a cricket nets next to us getting used, balls getting getting hit into into our, into our, into our, into our ground there, um, a tennis club that was it's been fully enclosed, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a super inviting type of environment, you know, a 19 years later. The cricket club and the footy club are prospering at another venue. We've now got two and a half fields there. Um, it's an oval-shaped ground. Now it's going to be a rectangular-shaped ground with a yeah, fence around huge. it, with a brand-new lighting, uh, with uh, dugouts on the outside. You know, a player, you know, a young, a young, a young, a young player is going to go out there feeling like they're going to feel special. Mm. Um, it's community sport is something that I think the Matildas have really done a great job in, in re-engaging, um, you know, Australians with, with, with sport. I felt we were losing that a lot, mm. you know, especially after COVID. I remember when I was growing up, if Australia was playing in the Olympics in table tennis, I'd get up and watch it. Sure. You know, whereas I think we've lost a lot yeah. of that. So 
you know, that's what these hubs like Hoskin, like all a lot of clubs, that's what they they do. Hoskin Reserve for me is not just a soccer field or a soccer club or a club that plays NPL football. It's that's not what it is. It's where 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 my uncles and and, and people from my you know from the village where the club started from overseas uh, came there and formed a, a, an alliance, formed the community. When someone would fly in from overseas on a on a on a on a Friday night, coming from overseas, just we just migrated to Australia in the eighties or seventies, whatever it was, and the next day they'll have somewhere to go and watch a game with their people that that, that they could connect with was part of their community. And then on the Monday they'll have someone there that'll take that'll do all the immigration paperwork for them. <laughs> so if it's, you know, soccer clubs it's a community were, hub. Soccer yeah. clubs were yeah. community hubs, or sports clubs are community hubs for all that. And I think Hoskin Reserve is just going to be able to deliver that best-in-class experience. And I think, you know, a lot of people ask me, what nationality is the club? Like, you couldn't tell because not to, we're proud of where we've come from, but we'd like to think that whether you're a, you know, you saw with Hakim how we fought, mm. you know, for this for this um, Muslim refugee, you know, yeah. that no one knew. Did he really bomb people to a point where... You know, in our committee, we've got the most diverse committee going around. We've got people from all backgrounds. We don't care who you are, where you're from. And I think that that is our primary uh, focus on Hoskin Reserve. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a place that everyone comes there, feels safe. It's premium for them. They feel great. They feel it's something that they're proud of, and they love being there. So that's 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 what we want to deliver for the community. Yeah, and um, so it's just that sense of belonging. It's like different to being like a seasonal tenant on a ground that's not set up for that's right. you. That's right. um, that you sort of you're a makeshift entity, and you don't really belong there. Versus having a, a home, home yeah. a permanent home that makes, I mean, such a huge difference for people. I mean, it's it's. I, I always found when I was playing the the challenge for the small club that I was at to kind of create, you know. The, for the club to go from strength to strength was not to, you know, sign players for the first team. It was to get people to stick around and watch yeah. and to have, like, a a sense of community around the venue that was, you know, that, that was the hard part because it, it wasn't a welcoming or a nice place to, to be and to hang out on a weekend. Yeah. And I think everyone needs that third place. You know, as you mentioned, COVID, we've been coming out of this lockdown where we you know, couldn't go anywhere and... Uh, everyone's just going, even coming out of it, just work home, work home. And I yeah. think everyone needs that yeah. that third place of yeah. community to well, come Well, people don't even go to work anymore. They work from home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So I think that everyone's lost that connection. And I think an Oscar Reserve isn't just about the football pitches. It's also about what it's delivering to the community, right? So it's got a playground there. It's going to get another playground there. It's going to get, uh, you know, the park that was on the side mm-hmm. that we, 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 you know, we use quite heavily. It was no longer going to belong to the soccer club, which, you know, it was a deal that was done with, with councils and what have you. It's, it's for the recreation. So there'll be, play, there'll be people playing there. There'll be people playing tennis there. There'll be an active recreation zone where someone can come and do a half court basketball, a ninja warrior sort of, <laughs> um, yep. sort of. Um, so yeah, yeah pre-season So ninja warrior um, area, you can have a barbecue at the place, and you can watch some football. And then there's walking tracks that are getting done around it. They're re- redirecting the entrance to to accommodate the residents a bit more. So there are some unbelievable sites. So it's going to be a, a great hub. It's going to be a massive lift for the area. 
and and you know I've been working on this for 13, 14 years. Probably it's what's kept me going for so long. Um, but we're at the precipice of it getting delivered. Yeah, and uh, the plan is to continue playing senior games at CB Smith. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Of yep. course, CB Smith is a premier facility. If we want to be a premier club at at at, um, at, at uh, in Moreland, sorry, um, we we need to be tenants of of, of um, mm. CB Smith. But you know, obviously, there's some FFA Cup games or FA Cup games, whatever they're called now, Australia Cup, um, or you know, if if there's a bit of congestion at CB which we know is happens yeah. quite a fair bit and if there's a few games we can we can play there it's not a problem we are getting 200 lux lighting we are building a spectator terracing we've already you know the clubs uh purchased the seats for that we've got the 300 tiered seating like george cross got that aluminium seating sure. you know there's some spect- a shade sale that's going to go on top of the side of the ground we're getting a new electronic scoreboard um, we've got five change rooms there already. We've got an upgraded upgraded um, cafe area. We've got a new entrance that's just been built and, and, and new storerooms and what have you to beautify the place. It's going to have brand new car park, new lighting in the car park. So if we want to play games there, it won't be a problem either. That's fantastic. I yeah. mean, talk about the fixture congestion at CB Smith. Everyone wants to play there. Um, or sometimes some yeah, people they, have to play there because they, 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 they have to play there. I don't think everyone wants to play there because it's not, it's not an easy... I mean, we've been doing it from day one. Um, it's a bump-in, bump-out situation, Josh. Yep. You know, it's it's like now you've got to pack up all these microphones, put them away <laughs> yep. in the next class. You know, so it's, it's not an easy situation. But as oh. a player... As a player, they, they don't care about that. They go there, they see a facility, there's a grandstand there, there's, you know, three, 400 people in the stand, you know. CB Smith is also getting the light tower removed from the middle there. That That is a music to my ears as yeah. a commentator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're getting a new, there's four new LED, uh, and I have to, I have to, um, I have to really give a big shout out to, to Mary Bear Council. They are some great supporters of football, um, you know, um, Brunswick City's just gotten an upgrade mm-hmm. to their lighting at Dunstan Reserve. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. We, we, you know, when our ground gets fixed, we're going to have 200, 200 lux LED lighting at at, um, at Hoskin. Um, you know, they've renovated these grounds. They renovated Moreland City's ground three or four years ago. They renovated Brunswick City's ground three or four years ago. They renovated, you know, Deschene Reserve, Brunswick... Um, Uves ground back in the day, you know, seven, eight years ago when they come to the municipality. They've just done an upgrade to to, to uh, Brunswick Zebras, change rooms. Mm. So they're really investing in our game and we have to be really, really appreciative and they're great partners. I mean, that, that light tower is like been the running meme in Victorian football for some time, I think. I, I, think, yeah, I, think, yeah, I think everybody's going to miss it. It's going to be nothing to talk about. The culture of the place is going to go. Look, I honestly, I don't want to criticise, but I think you missed a trick in not like having ad space on that light pole oh, no, for this silly, entire silly, tenure. Yeah, yeah. You should have something running up and yeah, down. Yeah, a vertical you know I mean? billboard. I exactly, think you could have made a exactly, killing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, Shane, coming into a club that's got all these planned infrastructure upgrades. I mean, that's got to be another part of the, oh, the draw, right? It's definitely, yeah, I've definitely come to the club at the right time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But look, in saying that, like, you know, every every player wants to play professionally. And, uh, you know, I wanted to play professionally, and I never did. But when you have something that's so close to being professional in facilities, like when I played at Hume City, it was just a different level. 
And I, I see Pascal Val in the same category now. Once mm. Hoskins, uh, the upgrade's done and, you know, the, the change rooms already are amazing and the club room's really, really good. And when we get two state-of-the-art pitches where players can come and want to train and, you know, you, you know, you got, you got Jim Toner who, and, and Vasco at the club there mm. that, you know, I've got to give them a shout out. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they work, you know, endlessly at the club and, you know, they'll wash the kits for the players and they'll do all the, all the little stuff for the players that players really appreciate and want to be a part of. And you've got all these things that the clubs are doing right. Uh, that Pascal is doing right, and and to have you know the facilities as well, it's just you know it's definitely going to attract players. And again, like we you know me and Lou keep talking, like we want we want to build this beautiful garden. It's our little you know it's our little um, it's our saying, motto, it's, it's our, our little vibe, our our little saying point. that you know, we want to build point. a beautiful garden. You mm. know, at Pascal everyone loves a beautiful garden. Mm. You know, and everyone wants to come to a beautiful garden. So you know, we're getting there. We will build this garden. You know, and you know the the facility upgrades part of it. You know, mm. um, you know we're going to have players that right now where you know it's uh, I walk into a change room of you know a team that just got relegated, so the vibes are really down. Players don't know where their heads are at. Players want to leave. Players don't know if they want to stay. Mm. That's fine. It is it is what it is. That's football. You know, but you know I believe this time next year once we have those facilities and everything up and running, and we have a really good team and a really good culture and uh, obviously you know an unstoppable environment. Players just want to come and players don't want to leave. And that's what Lou was saying before. So these facilities are a massive tick, obviously, in that part. And yeah. I can't I can't wait. You know, I absolutely can't wait. It's obviously, it, it is a little bit, uh, it is what it is, the fact that, you know, we won't be using it for pre-season. You know, that's life. That's something that we have to sacrifice. And that's yeah. no, it's, no, it's no problem at all. Uh, but once we get onto that ground, uh, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. You know, it's, it's just, you know, having happy vibes and, you know, yeah. uh, smiles on faces is so important in football. And, you know, when you get like, you know, Jim and Vasco putting your clothes out for your training and your boots are there and everything's there and you're walking out onto a pitch that is carpet. Mm. Uh, what more do you want as a player, yeah. you know? Right. And obviously yeah. it's the platform. We want to give, we want to give the players the platform to perform. Yeah. And that's just one part of it. And obviously, you know, the football part of it, which, which is my yeah. side of my coaching staff, uh, is that's the other side of it as well. Yeah. And I like, you know, and you know, <laughs> You know, Shane is, looks very youthful at the moment. Now I think he's going to get thrown into the thrust of, of senior coaching pretty quickly. And he has come at a time that it is going to be great, but he's also come at a time where, you know, although, you know, we're putting a leap of faith in him, he's also putting a leap of faith in us. You know, it is his mm -hmm. first head coaching role. Um, he's coming in with, you know, the grounds are torn up and, and what have you. There are all these these things happening but together we you know we we understand about this garden that we talk about sure. um so we you know we just we're, we're digging we're digging the garden at the moment we're going to hit a bit of rock along the way um what have you i know it sounds all cliche but we 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 we're, we're not stopping so Absolutely. it's exciting you know hey you know i talk about women's football you know our senior women's uh won the league in yeah, in, in, in state league 3 and um I just want to give a big shout out to these amazing, you know, fantastic human beings. Great, great girls. You know, Shane talks about culture, and Shane talk. You know, we're talking about culture, and and then never say never say die attitude. I'll tell you a bit about this this female team that we had this year. So they had a coach at the start of the year that was there the year before, and unbeknown to us, uh, uh, you know. The, the week of the season starting, oh, I got a phone call saying he's moving on, right? So these girls are starting the season. So then we found another coach, mm. you know, and so these girls were winning games. So then we found another coach 
right? And then this coach moved on, <laughs> right? And these girls kept on winning games, right? So I thought, how bad can this year get, you know? I didn't move the coaches on in this situation, but I thought, how bad can this year get? And these girls, I'll tell you what, they are just the most amazing bunch of human beings. And I think, I think, you know, I've got an appetite for women's football, but like the Matildas, they actually inspired me, um, the, 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 these girls. And I just realised that if you have got that, and this is what we talk a lot about, and this is where we want to go back to where we were, if you've got a lot of that belief, togetherness, mm. And what have you? It's an unstoppable formula, you know. It's an unstoppable formula. If you have that drive, that you know, the Hoskin Reserve Master Plan, you know, I feel I've been tested so many times that just to walk away and just let it go. But we didn't stop because they had a drive and a desire about delivering something to the community. Those girls had a drive and a desire to make sure that they, no one, could um, could stop their bond, and no one was going to break them. And let me tell you, it was inspirational to see. So I had two ends of the spectrum. And that situation, <laughs> and then we had the situation with the senior team. But we're okay. We're all good with that. We're all good with that. We understand exactly what how football works. We've all been in the game a long mm. time, Josh. Uh, and, you know, and Rexy, you know, like I said, he's won championships, but he's also was in a relegation battle not long ago, come out of retirement. I must admit, when I heard that myself, I thought, Jesus Christ. Well, I thought he was finished. If anyone can do it, mate, it's Rexy. Hey, how many more gold <laughs> watches do you want, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Retirement watches. You mentioned the Matildas there. I mean, how how is the club preparing for, you know, potential influx of as, as, junior girls? Yeah, so as we said uh, a couple of weeks ago, what we did is um, really trying to engage with bring a lot more people on the journey. I think what happens sometimes when you're involved and you, you do things, you you know, you just get the job done. You think to yourself, oh, you know, I don't need to bring anyone. I'll just do it myself or there's three or four people that are there. But we're really trying to, trying to, it's not that we're not transparent. We just really want to try and bring people on the journey. So we've, we've put, we're putting a couple of things in place. We've put a steering group together of, um, to design and draw up a um, organisational structure for the club. You know, it's in effect. You know, when I had a when I had a chat with this steering group, um, you know, they said, "Who who does this?" And I'll be Athena or I've got Binko or whoever's got in that head. He goes, "You yeah, in effect, you know, you got to leave, you're going to leave the club willless. You know what I mean? You need to have a will for the club. Mm. You know, if one of us die or someone dies, you know what? I wouldn't go to that extreme. That it's it's, it's running pretty good." <laughs> But we want to put a structure in place where, you know, Josh Parrish is there, wants to get involved in the club, is a role. So we're really putting a really yeah. good organisational structure together. What we did realise through the whole thing, we had a great, we had a gentleman, um, Owen Swift, who, who handled the women's football on his own pretty much. You know, he'd come and report to the club, but he'd take full control of it. It was running, running well. And you sort of you sort of forget it, you know. You don't forget about it, but it's there. It's doing well. It doesn't mm. bother, you know. But, but if all the kind of IP is wrapped up in one person, if yeah. that person leaves, then so, you're in trouble. So, right? so yeah. So what we've gone and done is we get we've, we've we've employed a steering steering group, a couple a couple of ladies that have joined on board. You know, we want to we want it to be a situation where it's not me that they have to they have to um you know that old fuddy duddy old man. <laughs> You know, uh, it'll be it'll be just a couple of lovely smiling uh, parents that will be 
there will be a reference point for them anytime they need something. I'll go for there and I'll, and I'll have I'll have an attention of the board. You know. Sure. Fantastic. Yeah. And in terms of you know the next few months for you, um, Shane, what does it look like in terms of the timeline with pre-season with checking in with players and where they're going to be next year. Obviously, you, you mentioned coming into a relegated team. There, you don't, there's a few players whose futures are up in the air or they're wondering whether they're going to stick around in MPL 3. Look, let's be honest. It's the silly season of uh, Victorian football at the moment. You know, if everyone's calling everyone. You know, yep. the players are hearing a lot of noise and, um, you know, we're just obviously doing our best to keep whoever wants to stay at Pasco Vale. So at the end of the day, we want Pasco Vale players that want to be at Pasco Vale. Um, and I hope it's, you know, I hope it's the majority of the boys because I really want to keep a lot of those players. Um, like I said, they're young. They're full of energy. I feel like I can work with a lot of them and make them better players. Um, in saying that, yeah, we're definitely looking at players and we're bringing in players' experience where we need to. Obviously, we've got a plan and our plan is to, you know, give ourselves every opportunity to get promoted next year back into MPL2. So, you know, eh, the day I got the job, the next minute uh, the, job, the job started. So um, it's, you know, communicating with players, obviously, that are at Pasco Vale at the moment, um, hoping to get them all locked up, uh, locked in as soon as possible. Um, obviously, trying to lock in new players. And then, you know, the pre-season schedule and everything like that starts. So um, pre-season will be starting mid to late November at this stage. Um, and um, we'll be doing like a 12 to 14 week pre-season if your season starts that mid-March. Um, so yeah, at that time, we'll be working really hard with my coaching staff um, to put a good plan together uh, to make sure that you know we're all fit and we're strong and we're fast and uh, we want to you know be the best at everything that we can control. So you know, if I can control the fitness and 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 our and our strength and being you know the fastest team in the league, I want to do that and we will do that. So it will be a a good plan that we are going to put together to to make that happen. Um, and yeah, like once we start and get the ball rolling, it's just you know hopefully everything works like clockwork, and we'll do our best to prepare, and we're going to do everything to prepare. And you know, as a saying that uh, a coach told me a long time ago, and it's failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So I'll make sure that everything I do, I'm prepared right because you know I'm not here to fail. I'm here to succeed, and um, you know I'll do everything I can to make that happen. And clearly, there's you know quite. There's some ability there in that playing group. I know they had Absolutely. a bad season last year, but Absolutely. affected by injury. Absolutely. And then you rewind a year before and you a few, yeah. few kicks away from promotion, yeah. really. Well, we're not, we're, we don't have an appetite to ask anyone to go. And look, we have locked in a couple of players also. You know, mm. We've locked in a couple of ex, you know, new players, but that'll come in, in due course. He's hit the ground running, absolutely, and, I'll, and we're right behind him with that, you know. Um, Grass isn't always greener on the other side, um, you know. But but we we you know, and I'm sure Shane, you know, he's been talking to some players that don't know him, but you know, everyone is ranking. They don't really have a problem with the club. I think it's just the situation that 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 occurred. But you know, I think, but it's not just that. I mean, speaking to some of my other other colleagues who are coaches at other clubs that didn't ha have the same battles that we had last year, I think they're finding it difficult at the moment to to lock players in and all that. I don't think we're finding it super difficult. I think we've got we've got plan A, plan B, plan C. So we're not really concerned about building a great team. We believe we're very confident we're going to build a very, very good team. Um, but it, it is what it is. What we, we, you know, we're going to build a team. We are just concentrating, like Shane eloquently said there before, 
on the controllables. Sure. And those controllables we know we're good at. He's got his, you know, I've seen already the pre-season program. He's already locked into the dates. You know, we've already got our Tasmania trip organised, right? Amazing. All that type of stuff. So we're, 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 already, we're already working, you know, him and his coaching staff, they're just a, just a, 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 a young, enthusiastic bunch of coaches that really understand the opportunity that's been given sure. to them, understand the challenge that's been given to them. And um, they're, they're, they've hit the ground running, mate, and it's driving me a, a little bit too. Shane's a builder by trade, you know, he's a self-employed builder. And let me tell you, I don't think he's been doing, it has been doing much building the last two, three weeks. Squad <laughs> <laughs> building. My, my phone, I usually get about 100 phone calls a day just for work, and it's gone up to about 250 <laughs> a day. So, yeah, no. Not all from Lutona, boy. Yeah, 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 half. Yeah, yeah, half. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I mean, what have you already learned about head coaching oh. you know, before even playing a game. Yeah, it's, it, it's oh, I appreciate now coaches you know, mm. a lot more than I did because mm. it's just, oh, look, it's just interesting the way you like, I've never had to call a whole playing group and, 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 you know, get them to stay and, you know, speak to players about bringing them over and blah, blah, blah. So obviously that's the first part, you know what I mean? And um, I'm really enjoying that part and uh, enjoying the challenge of, you know, let's see the hustle, the hustle and selling, selling my dream and selling the plan. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I can do is just sell it. And uh, if they want to, if players want to, you know, be a part of it, then amazing. You know, if not, then I'm, I, I don't want to dwell on things too much. I want to sure. just keep moving on yeah. um, because at the end of the day, we, you know, we've got a job to do and we've got to do it. So, you know, dwelling on it's not going to help. So, yeah, that, that's the first thing obviously I've learned. And, you know, obviously there's going to be more, more to learn on the way, you know, I'll, I'll you know, let's let's put it out there. I'll be learning on the job. You know what I mean. Um, but as you know, Lou and and the club to give me the opportunity as a first time coach for a club that just got relegated into MPL three to do the get the job to get the club back up to MPL two and hopefully MPL one. You know, it's um, you know, it, it was a big risk for the club, and I'm going to make sure I'll do everything I can to reward them and make sure it was a, a right choice. Yeah. Is there an expected timeline in mind for? Getting, are you expecting to bounce back up to MPL2 yeah, yeah, in one yeah, go? Josh, yeah. I think, you know, if we're going to do this and we're going we're gonna to sacrifice our life because we don't talk for money, you know, we don't talk for any of that stuff. If we're going to do this, we're going to give it a crack. Sure. And that's what we're going to do. The reason why, we just don't flippantly say we're going to give it a crack and, oh, yeah, let's, you know, we'll just, we'll just yeah, we're, we're going to get promoted. No, that's not what we do. I mean... We believe we can be promoted any time we enter a season. We believe we could do it the, the year before. We believe we could do it when we were in the MPL, MPL uh, 1. We believed in the MPL 2 we had three years of it and COVID sort of stuffed up two of them. And last year we just missed out. It was a great year. We believe that we are prepared enough as a club to always challenge mm. the infrastructure around the team the team dinners on the Wednesday nights, the the um, the the washing of the of the kits, the uh, the change room being clean, the um, you know, all that stuff. We believe we do that as good. The balls being pumped to the specific temperature that these people want. I mean, it's just we believe that we've got 